0: To cult and
1: classic. <laughs> Welcome, friends and fiends of the pod, to another episode of Cult and Classic Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Nate Wyckoff, film critic and comedian for horrornews.net. I am super excited for this very special episode of Cult and Classic Podcast because our two guest panels today are Mary Jo Pell and Bridget Nelson from Mystery Science Theater 3000 and Rift Tracks. How are you guys doing?
2: Good. Very good. Hello.
1: This is uh, a perfect time to say that if you join our Patreon at patreon.com slash cult and classic podcast, you get to see their lovely faces and my haggard backdrop. So we have an awesome lineup of two movies to talk about today. We've got uh, a theme going here, which is relationships are murder. Although I don't think anybody is actually murdered in either of these two movies on screen. So we will get right to it. The first one is 1993's So I Married an Axe Murderer with Mike Myers. Uh, we pair it with, yes. <laughs> we pair it with the positively true adventures of an alleged Texas cheerleader killing mom. That is the longest title I have found uh, next to a couple of Czech films that I'm not even going to try to pronounce. And uh, but first, we're going to get right to it with "So I Married an Axe Murder." I think a lot of our listeners uh, have seen this film, and this film's from 1993. It is Mike Myers medium successful venture right after Wayne's World and uh it is it is we'll talk about it um I'm gonna go into the plot real quick for those who haven't seen it as always there are spoilers in this podcast if you're interested in seeing the movie I don't think spoilers ruin it um especially after you hear what we have to say (laughs) one way or the other Uh,
0: and especially 30 years
2: later I mean yeah ah! sorry come on
1: yeah it's been a while it's been a while um, it's not, both these films are from 1993, so if you, you know, it's out of the theater. You missed your chance. Um, this, one, this one, the plot is, is that Mike Myers, there's a lot to unpack here, so I'll do the best I can. Mike Myers is a beat poet in 90s San Francisco who uh, somehow meets wonderful women and then breaks it off with them because he thinks something is wrong with them. He's basically a commitment-phobe, if that is really a thing. And, uh, and he ends up falling for this woman who, uh, he's like, you know what, I'm gonna take the plunge, I'm gonna do it, we're gonna get married. And then he becomes convinced that she is actually an ax murderer who's killed three previous husbands. Uh, and uh, that's pretty much the plot. And if you think that you're gonna hear Mike Myers do like his um, evil voice or um, anything that he did 10 times in Cat in the Hat years later, you're right. He does all those things, and you will <laughs> totally hear it. So I had actually never seen this movie. I guess I'm in the minority. Um, Mary Jo, you said you hadn't seen it either. Bridget, have you seen this movie?
0: I have not. I mean, I watched it now because I have to.
1: <laughs> Thank God. <no. laughs> I had not I have to. <laughs> it was contractually obligated. At that it sport. was an
2: assignment by <laughs> Teacher <laughs>
0: Nate. Teacher Nate, that's right.
1: I copied Nate. Mary
2: Jo's watching
0: of it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> There's a lot. I think most of our panelists on Golden Classic Podcast at one point in time wish they had that card they could raise, be like, uh, I, I'm going to cash this in and take right. so-and-so's notes. So going into it, uh, Mary Jo, what was your expectation with this movie? Uh,
2: I I expect honestly, I expected it would be um, uh, tedious. Uh, I'm not, <laughs> can I just jump in? Should I just you jump can go in? Go
3: right in, jump right in. Uh,
2: I'm not a Mike Myers fan. I never saw what the thing was about him. I, I think I think I saw the um, the I, one of the Austin Powers movies years ago, and uh, it was amusing in parts. But I just never I, I just never grooved to him. So I thought it would be tedious, and I. I think it was, I felt like it was just a platform for him. Like a lot of those SNL actors, they just get a platform and to there's do there's a lot their... of them
1: in this movie, in cameos as well.
2: Yeah, and there's just a lot of, it's just a platform for him to do his shtick. And I didn't find him um, very appealing or sympathetic. And I think what I took away from from the movie is that he is- he's paranoid, he's commitment-phobe and he's paranoid. Like all the women that he's ever been with, there's something about them that he's paranoid specifically about. And then this one is sort of the apex. That was my understanding.
1: I I think there's a lot in there that is true. And also for those who've seen this movie and don't really know any backstory, there's a lot of rumors and backstory going on with um, tension between the director and screen, original screenwriter, credited screenwriter and Mike Myers uh, on this project. And uh, I don't know that Mike Myers has really weighed in on this, but everyone else has. So we'll get to that. Um, Bridget, what did you think going into this movie, and what was your outcome experience?
0: Well, I'm going to just step right up to the ladies' tea and um, swing. (laughs) What's the deal with his Operation Man haircut? His I was haircut. going to
1: say that too. I was going to say, Mary Jo, his his appeal must not be his haircut in this.
2: Well, I mean, I, I, there are, there are angles where I thought it was a wig, because yeah. you, you don't see a um, a scalp exactly. Yeah, it's but like it, a
1: side parted Prince Valiant. Like I it, don't.
2: Yeah. yeah.
0: And when he is when you saw his bare butt, is when I went, oh my god, he's the operation guy with that haircut. It <laughs> is totally true. White, and, fishy body, and disgusting. <laughs>
1: So I guess a that there's a scene, I guess the, that scene, he drops his towel, and you see his butt, and it's supposed to be comedic. And I mean, I commend it for having only nudity in, in the male, you know...
2: I was just thinking which, that, yeah. Which is, yeah which yes, it, nice. it, it,
1: that's true. Um, and, but I guess they filmed it twice, once with a long towel um, for airline flights, because apparently that was still a concern. Um, and so there's actually those two copies of the movie floating around. And uh, I, I honestly, the only reason I knew that is because when I was digging on this film, I found uh, a thread, I don't think it was Reddit, but it was some horrible thread site, no offense, Reddit, that uh, people were mad, like, where's the green towel scene, which is apparently the long towel that he had, and they're like, well, it's not in the theater cut of the movie, that's when it covered his butt, and I guess somebody was upset about that.
2: Um,
0: somebody, Somebody would be. Now right. that you need to hear about everybody's grievances, does someone make like a TikTok video of crying of it? On the, on the green. Like green towel.
1: I. You can't see behind me, but it's a wall of green towel effigies. Um, yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: it, it, I, I was the poster.
0: I took a lot of notes on this movie, but that was my big, my main takeaway was. This haircut annoyed me so much. Well, so
1: I'll commend Mike Myers on this. I had no, I don't mind Mike Myers. I had no real preference one way or the other. I was not a particularly big Austin Powers fan um, in general, but it it just, I just thought of him as uh, one of the SNL cast gone by. But I did appreciate his portrayal of his dad, Stuart, in this movie, his, his main character's dad. But here's the thing. It is so over the top. But all I could think of was, how come his dad has way better hair than he does? Because <laughs> his dad has this great like silver gray swoop. And I'm like, I would love if my hair would do that. And, and then they gave Mike Myers, who's supposed to be the cool, hip, younger guy, who's an age in this movie between 25 and 46, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I was like, and I guess he went over three hours of prosthetics and makeup to look like that character. And I'm like, well-
0: on, just put some baby powder on your head. <laughs>
2: And, like, it's great, you put a couple lines, like, it was so, all that to do your favorite impression. Right, right, and that's what I'm talking about, about using it as a platform for your, your theater exercises. I'm sure, I'm sure, independently, the impersonation of his father is really funny. Uh, I loved the brogue, and there were some, some funny things I found amusing, but, but it just felt so self-indulgent to do both parts and i also feel like um it was kind of on the backs of really appealing performers like um nancy travis she's really appealing um but she's just sort of used as a step stool for him and sure. and i i resist that
0: yeah i agree mary Jo. so she's just um, there. And then he's going to just like do all his stuff around. Okay, now I'm going to do this Irish brogue. And now I'm going to do this. And like, I can't believe the guy gets millions of dollars to do his whole movie based on like a thing, Mary Jo, you and I would just goof around about about, and then he gets to just have a full blown movie. Everyone has to like, you know, set up their day so he can do his little sticks. And it's not in, in the way of the movie. To me, it seemed yeah. like There was a script there about a paranoid, you know, paranoid. there was all sorts of script stuff. And then you could tell that this stuff was just like shoved in there. I will do it. I will do my funny impression.
2: No, I felt like that too, like a director, pardon me, I can't, I can't recall who directed it, but like the director felt compelled to let the camera still keep running, that it was shoehorned in there. And it was
1: Thomas, I, I don't, this is going to be very offensive to Thomas, um, if, he, if he's, he is still with us. Thomas, it's either Schlam or it's Schlamme. It's right. uh, So, But he did a lot of, he's done a lot of political stuff. He did the West Wing. He produced that, rather. Um, he's directed a lot of TV shows since. And the, the backstory for those, uh, well, I guess for those that know, as well as those that don't know, because I'm going to say it, uh, is that there were rumors floating around when this movie came out that Mike Myers was a nightmare to work with. He was a prima donna. He'd lock himself in his trailer until he got his way. And it turns out, well, from what we can piece together, it's probably somewhere in the middle because the the scriptwriter of this film, who's credited the scriptwriter is Robbie Fox. Robbie Fox um, apparently wrote a film that was more, as you were saying, Bridget, more based on a character that was paranoid versus sort of this fear of commitment, which I think is kind of a fallacy, but it's in every single rom-com movie ever. Uh, oh,
0: where, oh know, rom-com. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, thought, I thought you were th- talking about some guy named Ron. Ron. ron, <laughs>
1: okay. ron- okay. loves the commitment. <laughs> <folk>. oh, <Ron-com's laughs> movie. Yeah, no. So he's, uh, it, and Robbie Fox just, he wrote dad, uh, he wrote some winners. He wrote In the Army now with, uh, Polly Shore. He wrote uh, the recent dish Granddaddy Daycare because daddy daycare wanted to more enough.
2: Um, of course. But
1: so, so he wrote the script, and then apparently um, Mike Myers and his friend from England came in and did heavy rewrites. Um, and then he pushed and said, We want uh, credit for myself and my friend on this new script draft, and uh, Robbie Fox can have a story by and a screenplay. And uh, Robbie Fox, no, I had said, an
0: no. insight, is what you're saying. This is all coming back to me, right? And that absolutely.
1: I had absolutely you, you <laughs> use your magic lens. But what's interesting is I don't know. I was trying to decide which I would have liked better if it had been to this original version that is theorized about, um, where Robbie Fox writes this character that's sort of a paranoid guy who just can't stick with a woman, and he finally takes the plunge, and then the paranoia turns out to be true, or he thinks it's true. Or this you movie? Annie which, Hall. He would write Annie Hall. Well, and that's exactly what I was saying. I was like, "This is Annie Hall." In fact, the they originally wanted Gosh. Um, uh, Mr. Mr. Mary, my Ellen. daughter, to play the lead character. Um, what?
2: Wait, hold on. Yeah. Wait. Are Are you? Do I? Am I understanding you? They wanted Woody Allen yes. to play,
1: which the makes mic- zero sense to me. Um, zero sense to me. But I thought just,
2: it was a vehicle for Mike Myers.
1: See, and that's what now, my assumption is, is that productions, or pro, the producers said, no, we want Mike Myers, we need a vehicle for him. But the script originally had called for someone like, um, uh, why am I blanking out his name, even though you just said it? I have a Woody Allen against Woody Allen right Yeah, now. and I
2: didn't mean to sound so accusatory. I no, just no. couldn't wrap, wrap my head around like how that could be a Woody Allen film. And, and I hadn't made the sort of you know, uh, Annie Hall sort of parallel. Well, if this blows
1: your mind even more, they wanted Sharon Stone to play Nancy's role, to play the role of Harriet, the main love interest. Um, and Sharon Stone apparently was down for it, but she wanted to play dual roles. She wanted to play herself, Harriet, and who ends up being, spoiler alert, the crazy serial killing sister Rose as That's well. That's
0: a great
2: idea. It is a great
1: idea, but the studio said right. no, so she pulled out.
2: No, um, was the one, Sharon Stone in their movie, how dumb are you? But of course they they said no, because there can only be one actor playing dual roles. I know, and it has to be the man. And Yes.
1: But here's the reality, though. I don't think Sharon Stone at this time, opposite Mike Myers, I think that would have blown the lid wide open. Uh, You're like, nope, can't happen. Couldn't possibly happen unless she's blind, and having a blind woman play two blind sisters (laughs) is not going to work.
2: There's Um, your screenplay, (laughs) Nate. do it
1: it's up on kickstarter right now blind <laughs> axe murdering sisters it's 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 going to be gold
0: so it's, this was before he had elizabeth hurley uh, yeah this is before austin powers
1: this is before this is yeah so oh, this okay. is 93 and what, i think we had elizabeth was Hurley
0: playing against him and
2: yeah okay
0: and but uh, uh, also I, I feel like
2: i feel like, like nancy okay nancy travis has much more of um it, it doesn't the pairing doesn't sound right to me with sharon stone because she's kind of got that edge that sophisticated edge nancy travis has more of a girl next door which plays plays with the is she an axe murderer or is she not sharon
1: stone is a woman and also sharon stone she could play a killer it's sort of like i think nancy uh, travis does a good job being occasionally scary a little bit when we think she's a serial killer maybe because she has this fear of him running off so she's extra clingy which we don't really know clingy is another problematic word but right, right. she's she's like following him and we're like oh no she is a killer uh, or oh yay she is a killer and um and then we but we don't really know why until it's because she thinks everyone she's married has run off when it turns out her sister has killed them and left fake notes claiming they ran off Um, Her sister, by the way, listeners, is uh, uh, Amanda Plummer, who uh, has an amazing voice for, like, animated characters. Um, That's what I always think of her as, because she has sort of that um, Jennifer Tilly, hi, sort of raspy voice. Um, And her sister, I think one of the issues is, is that when it comes up that she's the killer, you're like, oh, that makes sense, because they gave her horrible teeth. And I I don't know if, if that's, like... I didn't I didn't understand that choice because she clearly is like made to look weird and frumpy and have like really bad teeth and she has this really odd scene when she first meets Mike Myers character where he's just slept with uh, Nancy's character for the first time and Which
0: I have I, I take issue with if you don't mind me Please don't have them sleep together right away that that, then the romance is gone like movies are supposed to be you wait and wait and wait until that they finally get together and then the curtains blow and and we don't have to see it we don't have to see mike myers in any kind of bed situation right
2: Right, but maybe Uh, they're supposed to go maybe they had to bridge it because they saw that there was nowhere there was no chemistry for so there was nowhere for it to go there was no way to build it so it's just like let's let's get that out of the way because this is there's no charm there's no chemistry there I don't know
0: exactly I'm trying to say something smart exactly Mary Jo that's exactly what happens you know <laughs> so we've seen enough bad movies we know how they do this we know how this is done <laughs> okay I'm sorry I, I interrupted you Continue no, you're,
1: on. You're, you're totally fine. I actually don't remember exactly what I was saying, but I did have a point that I wanted to come back to, which is when I was thinking of how this movie, because I think if I compare this movie to other 90s vehicles for SNL characters and, and performers, I think it falls somewhere in the middle. It's not the worst. It's it's watchable, but it is such a product of its time. I mean, the music is, I am I am shocked that Lisa Loeb was not on the soundtrack. I am I am downright shocked.
0: Yeah, it's um, shocking. And, uh, and- That is, one horrible song is in it too, that I hate so much. Um, there I she like goes. the one- Which one?
1: There She Goes.
2: No, I like that song. I, did, I that love is, that song. Did
1: you like it the first, second, third, fourth, or I think fifth time they played it in this yeah, movie? Yeah, right.
2: I know, I know. But I it's like, also about, isn't it about heroin or cocaine? Oh, so no. I think, yeah, it's a, it's a it drug was
1: originally song. originally by The Laws, I think, right?
2: And, yeah. And this
1: was a cover by the Boo Radleys.
0: Oh, okay. I never know that kind of stuff.
2: Well,
1: what they never the play movie? past the first verse, so it doesn't really.
0: Right,
2: and it's very charming. Like it's very subversive because it's so poppy and charming. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I, I I agree with you. Um, and it could have this movie could have gotten going in six minutes. It took forever to get <sighs> to the plot. Like it's, I was so yeah. bored. Can it? Like, come on, just just be just be done. And I just have this note that I want to um read.
2: Hate, hate, hate. Why, why, why? <laughs> too long, too long, too long. I
3: don't know.
2: <laughs> Thank you for illuminating our conversation.
0: For that. You know, I think Roger Ebert had a similar thing. I'm just kind of playing off of this. No, that you might want to kind of hear that along with who would fall in love with him. Barry
1: <laughs> we, we just, I have to play a clip here because this is my biggest problem Ooh. with the movie because there's like the sort of 90s, I don't think it's hit over the head misogynist as say a lot of horror movies and other movies that I do in this podcast all the time tend to be um, or a lot of older romantic films where it's like well he slapped me so he must love me it's not that kind of misogynist but it is this like um, undercurrent of how did this four foot tall man with an operation (laughs) guy haircut have all of these wonderful women over and over again and he's the one that disconnects and there isn't like a warning group that they put together. Like he has hypnotic powers, don't go near him. Like how did that not happen? But this, this, is, the most, this is the thing most bothers me is that they're in San Francisco. They all have these massive apartments and his job is to be a beat poet let's yes. listen let's listen to the first poem that he does in this movie of several which is basically the same poem over and over again with some yeah right it. I wrote it
0: down i think i know what this one is i think i wrote it down i was so annoyed it's
1: called women women i think uh or or woman woman and, and here it is and it's got this nice like jazz quartet uh that's throughout the movie uh, the quartet um, was
2: great i wanted fantastic. more of the quartet
1: No, so, and actually They exist. They're good, they're a good band. I forget what they're called.
2: Before
0: you play it, so he's at open stages or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. And then, so he goes and then his quartet comes and they split the, the what? The money from what? From From where?
1: Exactly. They apparently at, in 1993, so in 1993 in San Francisco, all you needed to have a large living space and um, uh, I guess enough money to eat or at least for coffee and cigarettes is to exist. And be under the age of 50. Well, and now it's about 3.6 million dollars for a shoebox.
2: Yeah, uh, and he, he has this groovy car and finds parking every like door stay parking everywhere it goes. He does and, it's uh, Carmen
1: Gia. It, it, car. it is a great right. car. It is a beautiful car. And he drives down that big hill and there's never anyone there. It's just a big hill. I'm like, oh, it's this is an episode of Full House without people. But no, right. it's not the case. Well, they
0: broke up in front of the Full House house, so that was good.
1: They did. Oh,
0: I didn't even notice that.
1: I don't know. Is it actually the house? Because it looks a lot like it.
0: Well, it's on that row. Like, that's yeah, in every yeah. ATT um,
1: comparison. I just kept, every time they kept showing shots of the city, I was just like, everywhere you look. That's all I kept thinking in my head. This, this is Mike Myers' uh, character's first poem. Okay. And then he blows out a votive candle. Yeah. And what and I love <laughs> I love this. Jerry impl- Lewis. He's Jerry Lewis. The implication here is shocking that when they go our very own, as though people are traveling the world to do an open mic at a massive coffee shop. And I and also this is just totally beside the point but the, if there was but. one to begin with the opening shot is a long shot of um you don't see who's carrying it but uh, a, presumably a barista or waitstaff person carrying this large uh cappuccino in like a, a bowl to mike myers way in the back of this packed uh it looks like a portland pizzeria turned coffeehouse kind of thing i'd love it there but i don't I can't I can't get the tickets, I guess. And it looks to I thought they were drinking out of it the whole time because it's right up to the camera. And then they hand it to him and I'm like, were they drinking his drink? Because that to me would have been the best joke, hands down. (laughs) And then I get it, and he does the first (laughs) the first line of the movie is him doing this insanely stilted shtick of
0: so bad.
1: It's like, oh, excuse me, I ordered the large, and I'm not making it up. That's how he delivers that line. And then people around him laugh. And I'm like, that is the most dad dad joke that I'm pretty sure no dad has done it since their no, dad. No, so
0: did he, it. he does the thing, Nathan, he does the thing which I hate where you set up your own comedy thingy and then you make fun of your own comedy thingy. And, That's and, true. and, and on and on and it goes. And then the whole uh, coffee shtick thing, Mary Jo, we just did that movie, Amanda and the Alien, and they were really into the. Isn't the coffee culture just crazy? And yeah. by the
1: way, guys, listeners, if you haven't, it's Nicole Eggert uh, in Amanda the Alien. I've, I tried to watch this movie so many times and I'd never even made it through the first 30 minutes until Mary Jo and Bridget rifted on Riff Tracks. There so, you go. Thank th- you. Thanks to you guys, I finished that film, which I don't know if I'm grateful for or not, <laughs> but it was very funny. It does have Michael <laughs> well, Dorn, thanks. In it, so listen for Michael Dorn a lot. But yeah, you guys are very funny, and yeah. Well, thank th- you. I thought of that because it has that whole like, oh, it's the '90s. It's cool to be in a coffee shop and get coffee because that's what people do—is coffee. And I'm like, I this doesn't. This could have been anywhere with anything, um, and it's sort of like in um, the coffee shop where he's doing this. It's sort of like in Flashdance. Well, I don't know if you if you have seen that or if you remember when um, the club where she's dancing. It's like they do everything. Way overproduced. How could you? Everything there. It's like there's a there's a cabaret. There's a sexy dance. Water comes down.
0: There's a, there's a comedian at one point. I'm like, where is this? Right, because all of us comedians of the 90s would have really liked to get a job at any of those places that had
2: lighting and yeah, yeah lighting please. Yeah, and then she's got a whole water setup, come on.
1: But her life sucks and and yeah, then that's 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 not the top for her. <laughs> um, yeah, but that was the sort of thing. I'm like, this is a setup for a movie that I would guiltily enjoy because I'm like, oh, look a big coffee shop, especially since we're in quarantine shelter in place. I'm like, right. wow, look at all that and then we get that and then his his friend, who is a police officer, because that has to be the case for the plot to work, um, is is played by uh, Thomas uh, or what's his? I forget. I'm, I'm dropping the ball here. Um, it was funny. I love that. Yeah, Anthony Anthony um, Lapaglia. Pa- Lapalia. There Lepalia. it is. There you go. There's the correct pronunciation. Who I
2: love. I love him. He's fantastic. And actually, anything. Sorry. <laughs> Thank you.
1: Um, I, I I need to let you know though that it's my podcast. So people's names are how I say them?
2: Oh. I just, <laughs> I'm, I'm just Well, well, I appreciate you s- mispronouncing my name, sir. No, I appreciate it. Peel? Peel? Did I? It's, you
1: said Pell. Damn it. You know what? I know it's Peel because I actually liar. listen. Li- I I do. He's a liar. Because I read your IMDb. And so it is it specifically says in the uh, trivia that uh-huh. your last name is pronounced Peel. Which uh-huh. I remember thinking, I don't think that's trivia. I think that's uh-huh. how you say your name.
2: Uh huh.
1: But it's it's spelled P E H
2: uh-huh. L. Uh huh. I I am I'm really enjoying putting you on the spot right now. I am too. The, the, the <laughs> hole that he's dead. Yeah. I'm listening. It is. Uh huh. I am. Uh-huh. I am.
1: The worst part is the worst part is that I literally you're looking. I didn't call you Mary Joe Pearl because that's been that's been in my brain forever, and I just have to say. I will never not laugh to myself and think for whatever reason throughout the week. Some scenario will make me think of um, the scenes that, that you two did together our Mystery Science Theater in one of the Aww. later seasons when you guys are in ancient Rome. And, <laughs> yeah. and it's like, slut, I mean, <laughs> I what? I saw that. I, I think of that. Oh, I've seen them all. Uh, and uh, and uh, don't worry. It's, it's the, the, the fanboying comes later. It, I don't have to creep you out with it now. But the, the slut, I mean, what moment? between you two <laughs> is like, it, it just, I know that that's joke's been done before, but that's literally where it's in my head. So every time I hear that word, even if I should be taking offense, my first thing in my brain is, I mean, what?
0: Like, hmm. so, <laughs> well, so. and you bring up an interesting point when you say that. So like, and I, as I was watching this, I was thinking about it, about how, you know, it's fun to tear something like this apart and everything, but like, ultimately, you know, you write comedy, it's of the moment, almost always. You write it you, hope it, you hope it works. If it was the 90s and I was your average person and I went to see this movie on Saturday night and I went and had a pizza, I wouldn't have been mad or anything. It, you know, you just go like, yeah, you know. But since right. we were- in the business at the time, I remember someone saying, oh, I saw it, and at the beginning, there was this really cool scene where this cup of coffee, and I remember at the time just going like, oh, I have to sit here and listen to this person tell me about a Mike Myers movie. No, no, right, right. I want money to make my funny joke into a whole
2: movie. Right, right, especially when you, when um, that that particular scene, I don't know if it was a single shot. I mean, they do it. They do it very well, but mm-hmm. it's like, come on, uh, you know, let's talk Goodfellas. So please, it, don't even with your it doesn't co-
1: fit with the rest of the movie. The rest of the movie is a very right. traditionally shot film. There's no real, it's it's static camera, which is fine. I'd rather people do static camera than than fail at another kind of camera. But it just doesn't feel like the movie. It felt like something yeah. completely different.
0: Just get but, to the funny. Just right. get to the funny. I and think but- that's a really good point. Yes. And but skip the sex meat scene.
1: The, where are doing sex things to the meat. I I just that didn't. was bizarre. So apparently, um, uh, in that scene, when because a lot of this, as we would expect, I, I didn't find any confirmation of this, but I don't think I needed. I think it's pretty obvious that a lot of um, what you're probably finding distasteful it, are the times when they essentially let Mike Myers just riff and do his own um, ad lib, which occasionally I think that they leave it on way too long even if something would work we then get him like naked walking up the stairs for three minutes like it's just a weird it's just a weird thing where I'm like oh the movie stops so I watched this
0: right Um, and don't you think MJ it's kind of like and and uh, do people call you Nate
1: Nate Nate is perfect
0: um just that's what directors are for, for so let a funny director direct you because you're, you're Mike Myers. People like you. You're not not funny. You have sticks and things that like if I knew you and hung out with you, I'd probably we'd be laughing about a lot of the similar things and be friends and everything. But
2: like let a good director direct you. Right. Trust a director. And yeah. and um. also if I were the other actors, like that kind of thing would drive me crazy. Like, oh, we're all in service to your your stick And now this has to go on. And I'm I'm waiting for you to finish your thing and maybe you want to redo it so that that i, I that would really annoy I me mean. i think you're right like yeah, yeah if
0: you had to watch him go up the steps nude again but the supporting, so to speak this the, <laughs> the supporting funny people in this were all funny like i, I think know, my I, favorite like the michael richards
2: yeah. scene yes.
0: that was really
2: funny. yeah and I thought his mom re- did a really good job too, Brenda Parker.
1: Yes, yeah, she did a great job, um, and she's got. They gave. I actually felt like they gave her more than I expected of his mother. She's got little bits um, where she, you know, sort of makes out with his friend Anthony Lapalia. <laughs> Is that correct?
2: That's how. Someone that's my healed.
1: understanding. Yes. Okay, uh, and 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 I loved his bits with his boss, um, and. Uh, Alan Arkin. Alan Arkin and Alan I love- Arkin, those are Ugh. my favorite parts because his boss is the this super sweet, nice, caring police chief and all, you know, Anthony's character wants him to be is like from Starsky and Hutch screaming at him, yelling at him and yeah. and, throwing him. and so he tries to play this character and it made me happy and those scenes felt, I don't, I don't know if those were added later or if those were part of the, uh, of the original different script because I do feel like there's a disconnect um, when Mike Myers isn't on screen, it does feel like a different movie. Um, totally, yeah. I think
2: I think that's a really good point. They feel more um, authentic and based in something. And, and Al, Alan Arkin, please, um, I love him so bad. He's oh. always, always funny and He's never amazing. not.
1: He funny. also steals the scene a little bit by being so good. It's just so natural. It's very clear yeah. that he is one of the all-time professionals. So when he does come in, it's sort of impossible. Because I guess he wasn't actually uh, accredited in the original. film. No, oh. It was just a cameo. Um, and uh, supposedly, uh, he joined the film along with a lot of other people. Uh, Stephen Wright, of course, and Phil Hartman is in here when he was alive, and Michael Bishop mm-hmm. is, as opposed to when he was dead. I don't know why I added that. Of course, he was alive. <laughs>
2: Appreciate the clarification. I, <laughs> right,
1: right. I'm like, I, I'd still cast him. Um, and I guess it's because they wanted to work with Mike Myers. I don't know if that's true or not. I'm not sure where that information came from. But well, that he was is hot 20, as right. can be.
0: Of I, yeah, yeah, sure. sure. Work, I would love to work with them now. I'd, uh, oh,
1: yeah. I, yeah. I it tried to pitch him like- "Pat in the Hat" too, and it just didn't fly with right. anyone. Um, right. But yeah, I—I I, I don't know. I would. I, I. So the original plot apparently um, came about, and I'm trying to find the quote here um, that that I that I found in it from an interview. But I guess. Uh, Robin Fox, uh, met with, uh, either the, pro- I wish I knew this, but either the producer, you know, but
0: it, 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 it doesn't end up mattering because it well, be funny. The, the, the like, reason like, is <laughs>
1: because the original, what's yeah, right. the original idea is the scriptwriter got together with producer or director, or somebody and said, trying to pitch ideas to each other. And it came down to the fact that, um, they both were having terrible time with women relationships and they, the quote is something along the lines of, it seems like that women are just out to destroy us. And that became almost a little more problematic for me because I'm like, wait, I wonder what was changed in the script because that's a very dated idea for a movie like this. Wow. And I, I guess I don't know how to feel about that. It, may, it changed me because originally I was thinking, I was like, I wonder what the script and film would have been like in its original incarnation. And then after reading that, I'm like, that's a, that's a telling sign to me because that yeah. makes me think that it's not going to be a good movie. Uh, right, in any right. in any way, shape, or form, so it makes me wonder what the the purpose for rewriting these scenes was beyond giving more of a vehicle and, and more room for Mike Myers to do his his thing.
2: I think that was the only reason.
1: I probably
2: that's um, what I imagine. Probably, just right. just accommodating all that and trying to make it fit some sort of uh, through line. Like I'm not saying it's successful, but just trying to force that in yeah. there. Like okay, I guess we I guess we you know, retrofit it to accommodate all this.
1: Sure. Well, so this is another thing. This is the list of people that were considered for uh, Mike Myers' role. Apparently, the lead was written for Chevy Chase. And Again, this is 1993. I don't really see the ages of the people that they're considering working for what they ended up with. Maybe it was radically different. Um, But Chevy Chase, then Woody Allen, Albert Brooks, and then Martin Short. And I guess Albert Brooks and Martin Short... Uh, looked at it, but they didn 't like the character so which I think is also kind of telling because Martin Short pretty much only plays nice guys or crazy people right, and sometimes crazy nice guys and I mm-hmm. think that that sort of this telling of this character is sort of undeserving it feels like like oh he totally i don 't understand where he gets where he gets this this success, i guess it 's success, but this this'
0: yes, it was in my in my well researched notes. <laughs>
2: Well, I think if it was Martin Short or um, uh, Albert Brooks it would have been the it just feels like it would be so much different like Bridget a, a little while ago you said the movie should have gotten going in six minutes mm-hmm. and with with either of those two I feel like it it would have either because of their approach or maybe they would have tweaked it along the way but um, it doesn't feel like an Albert Brooks movie at all like that would be a fundamental shift for me. That, in my estimation,
1: it feels right. almost like the kind of movie you could have dropped any hot comic property in, uh, the way it is now and let them do a bit like it could have been an early Jim Carrey thing, uh, where they could have dropped him in Mary Jo. That's not appropriate. No, to make that no, place. I know. I did
2: you see me? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm,
1: just I'm just kidding. There's we all have different wait, wait. opinions, perhaps, but I think it's it's it feels accurate to me because really it's a character who is uh, who is so self-important that his the women in his life are secondary characters, he's, he's attaining them. And there's enough empty space in the script for him to make hilarious faces or whatever and do some physical comedy. And it, it just felt Could like that. Could you give me
0: an example of one of the hilarious faces? <laughs>
1: <laughs> so so <laughs> there, there aren't any. Here's the thing about Mike Myers that, that kind of confused me a little bit in this is he does bit like he actually acts a little in this movie which kind of surprised me and i will give get jones got this like <laughs> so join the patreon because you're going to miss half of the subtext of this entire conversation um
2: uh, but, citations please
1: Footnotes. <laughs> well, he doesn't add, I, will, I will i will amend it to say he doesn't add sort of a, an intentional comic levity when he's like professing his love and things like he has his what i imagine is his natural face on um
3: whereas (laughs) other times
1: he doesn't like when he's wooing her his entire wooing process is about like shrinking his neck down into his shoulders which is like his thing yeah um Mm -hmm. and like opening his mouth really wide which he does as austin powers as well and
2: and Mm -hmm. so on Mm -hmm.
1: um and it it feels like well i guess what it comes down to is this movie is actually feels like a more traditional romantic comedy that they tagged on um a 10 minute axe murder chase on at the end because there is no axe murdering in the film. Like, we're set up with, hey, there's a crazy axe murder, apparently. And then in the middle, we know that she clearly is somehow connected because she has artifacts from the previously dead people we've learned about in her apartment. And then at the end, uh, it turns out to be her sister, which is why they're in the apartment, I guess. Um, I also, I would probably not enshrine um, my dead loved ones, things who I think just left me. Uh, in my apartment. That's a relatively unhealthy thing to do, I think. Um, but she does, she dedicates a lot of her massive apartment to hanging things from her past loved ones. on <laughs> yeah. the wall.
2: I think you bring up a really good point is that it, uh, it plods along, if you will, and then then the whole uh, Dana Ma and the the climax just are, oh, we got to get we got to get to this. And It, it didn't make sense to me. Like nothing, it did not follow for me.
1: Can we talk, can we talk about his friend, Tony, the cop, um, uh, chartering a plane to reach their honeymoon getaway that is phoned by Stephen Wright. Now, this is my favorite part of the movie, probably just because I like watching Stephen Wright, uh, confuse people around him. And that's the intent of this scene. But again, I'm like, Oh, this scene is just a vehicle for Stephen Wright to do five minutes. And, um, and they must cut back three or four times, probably three times to him when really it's like a one-shot scene. Um, and I guess it's like it comes so close to the end and it's a big cameo that they dedicate a few minutes to, uh, and then at the end we've got this like, I didn't understand, I guess that's the thing, it doesn't make sense, right? But right, like we didn't how need any
0: more funny no yeah. like
1: you just need <laughs> to get to the moment and get done you know like and and here's the
0: here's Same the with this charles really... groden uh cameo uh why you know you're wasting charles groden on on him right and yeah. he's funny um but that could have happened like in like can i come into your car no next scene they're driving down the road
1: right right and i and get, that's the thing i kept waiting for a joke in that scene because he's so good <laughs> his voice is so good and then i'm like oh i get the joke after the second time he says no that's the joke and then he's at two or three more times and then like there's no there's no payoff to that joke after that and he is just driving in the car like they could have done anything like he could have been singing along to the radio in his monotone it just could have done something hell yeah there she goes once again like it just could have wrapped back and and i just felt like they were missed opportunities um and and can we talk about the dinner scene where uh, Mike Myers gets the phone call at the honeymoon place when they just sat down at dinner and he's told by his cop friend that she's actually the killer
0: yes but first can we address um the fact that at the anniversary party her hair she looks like Beethoven
1: <laughs> she does <laughs> here's the thing though I will credit I'm like at least I like the dress I don't know maybe I'm out of fashion I like the dress because the rest of the movie the 90s fashion is so rough
0: yes I have that in my notes I was going to ask Mary Jo what did yes. you think
2: of the wedding dress I can't remember it. Oh, wait, I can't remember it. It was a heart. I think I thought... thought it was I can't remember. I think I thought it was pretty. Uh-oh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it was it kind of had a um, it was pretty. And it was it was an off-white and it was pretty. But was I, it,
2: I was it a gunny sack style? No, but
0: but you know, it had, you know, the 80s puff had gone away. And so it was yeah. thin and it it. it flattered her figure and it had kind of a little um thing in the back I don't know if it was a hood or not but I did note that it was it was pretty yeah I
2: liked it all right Travis singing was not my uh, favorite little podcast or whatever it is you're doing (laughs) yeah we're doing Bridget and I are doing a sub podcast (laughs) I asked you guys to
1: keep it to a tight 15 um yeah no the, the the dress that she wore at the end I liked and it was a departure from what had like she it. Oh, she was she, a like,
0: mandarin collar she had a mandarin collar yes
1: oh, okay. and, and previously everyone uh except for mike myers had just raided kurt cobain's like storage shed um and just said it's the 90s let's bring it in there are no shapes everyone is a jellyfish in denim and plaid and um it was <laughs> it was a nice scene but then they get to the table and i don't know how much money they were the characters are supposed to have paid to be there but if my entire dinner at a fancy place was hijacked by a couple of people's wedding anniversary or 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 like right. celebration right. the entire restaurant erupts and carries them upstairs to presumably have sex in a bedroom which is so medieval they just like huck them in off a chair like get at it rabbits a and rattan pa-
0: chair which would never have been in there anyway <laughs> <laughs> and,
1: and like it's just it was the weirdest like i'm like is no one like it was when all san in, like all sanity went away um, like you guys just did, uh, an awesome riff of, um, the, uh, whatever happened to baby Jane, the 1991 red grave version. And there's that bit at the end. And I guess it, I don't know if it's a drag show or what it is, but when she goes up and, 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 uh, you know, the, 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 the Looney Tunes sister trying to be, uh, conscientious of her mental illness is
0: who is you are right now I am. or
1: the. Oh, okay. By, I, by
2: saying Looney Tunes, Looney Tunes yeah. sister. I, I love <laughs> okay.
0: Ones.
1: Yeah, no. She's <laughs> she's clearly got issues, and uh, she don't we all. She gets up on stage and she's doing her bit, and then she leaves the stage, and just all hell breaks loose. It's like that, right. you know, the and choreographer the died moment in no. Rocky Horror. We get we get the fishbowl lens, and everyone's moving around, and there's someone in like baby clothes who's mocking her, and I'm like, I don't think he has a leg to stand on. But that's that moment in this movie everything just goes out the window and in like 45 seconds they're out of the restaurant which they haven't gotten any food at they get (laughs) we're done the dance that they were called to do they get thrown on a chair thrown in their room and then uh nancy's character gets thrown locked in a closet and then the crazy sister is there and then the axe battle ensues like that is literally i feel like it's like two minutes and there is so much there that that is the most action in the entire film. And it's slammed into like two minutes. And I'm literally just holding onto the couch going, what am I, what is, what am I watching? How much is left of this? And then, and then it ends.
2: It, yeah. And it makes absolutely no sense. And just to circle back, I think Amanda Plummer is a really excellent actor. I
1: agree.
2: Uh, I don't, there have been a couple of things, which I can't recall that she's been in where she's been amazing, but uh, I feel, you know, it, I guess like it was she's a in gig. In
1: and, and she's been in the yeah.
2: King. What Matt, were you saying, Mary Jo? Sorry. It's a gig. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I I just like her as an an actor. She's an acquired taste for a lot of roles, but I like her.
1: Well, I actually kind of thought before, like scrutinizing the posters, uh, uh, I actually thought she was going to be the love interest. Um, not, I did too. And and that's what I thought. And so when she when she just shows up in a couple of scenes as the the crazy sister, and the she has these great. Line, like a couple of nice lines that are sort of that crazy cable guy moment, where it's like, is this funny or is this terrifying? I'm not sure yet. Um, and and yet, and like she sketches Mike Myers when she first meets him, like for two seconds at a breakfast table, and then that's never brought up. I'm like, there, there. Chekhov has so many guns lying across the floor here, yeah, that are never picked I, up. I think
2: there were gaps in this movie, to be honest. I think there were, you know, yeah. flaws.
1: You're you're loud. You're allowed. So I'm gonna I'm gonna call it on this and we're gonna we're gonna wrap up. I'm gonna ask you guys here the question I ask everybody on this show, okay. uh, starting with you, Bridget. Who would you recommend So I Married an Axe Murder to
0: and why? I know I would show it to comedy aspiring comedy writers, and um, they could watch the movie and and note what is still funny, because it's funny, whether it's a good like, for example, I Phil Hartman, the stuff he says yep. I was not to my taste, but he does a thing with his yep. face. Funny, because he's funny. Um, and I, so I would recommend it to just people who are writing scripts or people, mostly people just wanting to write funny things. Note what's funny and what is just f- fluff of the time. I think that would be a fun practice.
1: And I think that's interesting that you said that too. And just I want to mention it too, because I love Phil Hartman. He's one of like his voice, like made me want to get into entertainment. It was totally. so good. And 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 I was so sad when he passed away. And the bit they have him do is he was so killed. blue he for the character. Huh?
0: He was killed.
1: I know. I was killed. I trying mean, to, I know. But I was, like I think Here's, it's a, here's why to I say, say that, because every time I say it, I get mad at Andy Dick. And I don't want to go on a rant about Andy Dick. Okay. But <laughs> I saved yeah. that for an entire episode called Why I'm Frustrated with Andy Dick. And, <laughs> okay. um, but no, it is, it is true. He was, he was killed by his girlfriend at the time, uh, who, was, who was in a drug-induced state. And uh, Andy Dick apparently gave her the drugs. So that's why you stay away from drugs, kids. And oh. you don't talk to Andy Dick. So, oh. but... Uh, I agree that that was another case where I thought it was a missed opportunity. I don't think what they gave Phil Hartman to say was funny, and it was, it was about having like sex with a, a prison bitch's eye socket, like to be, to be direct. And, and it just doesn't fit with the rest of the movie, and also, it was not so insanely out of there, out the window, that it was funny. Um, and so I just, it was just another case where I'm like, oh, Phil Hartman, I'm like, wait for this, honey. And I'm like, okay, that was Phil Hartman, alright, was there was no payoff for that. Um, but I think you're right, Bridget. I think that's a really good way to approach this film is what's funny because it's legitimately funny. And- yep.
0: uh his face is funny. He made funny face. Absolutely,
1: faces. absolutely. I think, and I'm gonna go next because it's my show, not yours. And I'm gonna say that I would recommend this probably to people who, they just couldn't get enough sort of 90s SNL comedy. I, I think that it's fine for what it is at its time, but I think there's better. I mean, I'd rather watch something that at least is weird. Um, I would rather watch Coneheads or something if I'm gonna watch this kind of skit-based comedy that's blown up to a feature. Um, but it is a classic for many people, but I think that when you watch it again, you're gonna, <laughs> Mary Joe's face, when you watch it again, I think that you're going to, um, uh, you're gonna be surprised at how much doesn't hold up. Last but definitely not least, Mary Joe Peel, who would you recommend So I Married an Axe Murder to and why?
2: Well, I think we need another podcast to uh, examine the meaning of classic because I would go to the mat for that one. Um, I probably recommend this to my sister-in-law who thinks that this stuff is so funny. He's so funny. Have you seen it? It's so funny. You haven't seen it. You're a comedian, but it's so funny. So my sister-in-law.
1: It's like that copy of like, Um, I'm just gonna pick on Paul Abdul but like in in 1992 you get a Paul Abdul cassette tape from someone's friend who came to your birthday party and you're like I don't know what to do with this and then you're like here you can have this and you hand it to your younger sibling and they're like yay an animated (laughs) dog like you know what i mean like that's sort of like what what this you're suggesting with this movie and i think that that's accurate we know there are people who like this movie they're not going to think about it they're not going to put any thought or depth to the problematic and i'm not
2: going to get into an argument with them about it like okay right 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 right, right, mary Joel, where you just go like oh wow i'm I'm gonna have to check it out thanks yeah exactly
0: sounds good
1: it's like, but, yeah, maybe I'll watch it one day if somebody asks me to be in a podcast nobody's heard of, and then <laughs> you have to
3: watch it. So you
0: know, Casablanca, Mary Joe, as you know, with a classic, you know what's going on by the time that plane goes around, and then they show the map. It's two minutes in, and like an amazing setup right. for the sure. best movie ever
2: is done. Right, yeah. right. So economical and so powerful. Yes, and I think Humphrey Bogart would have been good in this movie.
1: <laughs> I, I think he might have been in this movie in a cameo that I didn't remember because he didn't have any good lines all right so we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back with the next film the positively true adventures of an alleged, alleged Texas cheerleader killing mom okay Hey, Colton Classic crew, friends and fiends of the pod. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, Nate, I don't have any money. And if I did, I'd be spending it on cool things like buttons and custom trading cards and zines that are unique and made each week by the Colton Classic podcast family. And guess what? You can do both of those things at once. You can support ColtonClassicPodcast.com and get awesome swag like buttons and custom trading cards that are printed on actual trading card stock by actual trading card printers and autographed by the artist and also zines like classic issues of rearted with comics and illustrations and interviews as well as brand new cult and classic podcast family publications that uh, are brand new so you'll get them first in line these are awesome awesome things that you can get just by joining our patreon at patreon.com slash Colton classic podcast for as little as a dollar a month you can get videos of our episodes you can see all our lovely shining faces as well as exclusive content like uh, extra episodes film reviews book reviews and things like commentary by us on our short films which you'll also be able to see if you want to pay a little more five dollars a month per se us then you get an awesome autographed custom trading card these are official printed uh, at the same place that prints every other trading card you've ever bought, and they're autographed by the artist. These are exclusively for Colton Classic Podcast and inspired by our episodes. They, you can't get them anywhere else except through us. Only $5 a month, you get it shipped right to you. Shipping is free. If you pay $10 a month, if you are a true drinker of the Kool-Aid for ColtonClassicPodcast.com, then you will get uh, the trading card, access to all of the content that is exclusive to Patreon members, and you will get a brand new zine every month, whether it's a classic uh, copy of Rearded zine uh, with interviews, comics, art, all sorts of cool stuff, or brand new Cult and Classic Podcast family publications. Those will get sent straight to your door. Plus there's usually extras like pins, stickers, all sorts of cool stuff. So you're doing two great things. You are spending money on awesome swag, And you are supporting Colton Classic Podcast. I know it's tough right now in the pandemic. If you can do it, join us at Colton Classic Podcast Patreon. If you can't, why don't you recommend it to a friend? We all have those rich friends, and uh, they can spread it around a little more. I'm just going to say it. All right? Thank you so much. And uh, as always, Colton Classic Podcast loves you. And we are back with Mary Jo Peel and Bridget Nelson. Uh, This movie is the the title is so long and I think, I'm just gonna guess that maybe that's why it's not as well remembered as some other films because I personally think this film is pretty strong. Uh, We're gonna talk about it. Starring Holly Hunter and a bridges, this is the positively true adventures of an alleged Texas cheerleader killing mom. Uh, This is an HBO television movie based on the true story of uh, a woman named Wanda Holloway who was really interested in getting her daughter in. I think they were actually in like junior high. Uh, eighth grade. The cheer- eighth grade, the cheerleading squad in Texas With by the way, I don't understand, they, they guess they elect cheerleading squad members? I never had this at my schools. We, apparently we didn't have enough money to throw it in saying things like that. And uh, she, dis- she tries to get her, her ex-husband's brother to put out a hit uh, and have, have this uh, competing cheerleader's mother and the competing cheerleader killed so her daughter will have a spot uh, and, on the team. And it sort of escalates where the brother-in-law is like, I don't, I'm not gonna, he doesn't even try to do it. He ends up working for uh, the major crimes to sort of try and get her on tape saying that she'll do this. Uh, and they did, and then they took it to trial, and there was a mistrial, and that's where this movie ends, is when they're awaiting an appeal. And we'll get into what actually happened, because that's yeah. pretty interesting. But so Holly Hunter in this movie, I'm going to say right off, is at her top. I think she is phenomenal in this film. Her, the nuances she gives this character, it's very much for, for people who haven't seen or heard of this movie, um, it, it's kind of, I think it's a more serious take, but still dark comedy take of, like, the I, Tonya vibe. Um, with Margot Robbie of recent where it's it's um, based on the Tanya Harding case where it's like it's kind of tongue-in-cheek it's kind of a satire but it also uses the facts and in this case some of the footage is kind of mixed in um, with the film and it, it goes back and forth in time and it sort of treats uh, Holly Hunter's character's TV interviews, documentary, as a framing story for this. So it starts with her and then it goes to the story and then it ends sort of with the framing story as she's still talking to people, kind of explaining. It's a a weird movie, but I think that it's absolutely um, worth a watch. Uh, Mary Jo, I know you're super excited about this. I am too. What was your expectation going in? Had you seen it before?
2: I don't think I, I don't think I had. And yet, I don't know. Don't listen to me. And yet I was like, it struck some chords. Like, wait a minute. Um, I loved that. I thought that framing device was really ingenious. And that is Richard Schiff as the the faux documentary producer. And I love him. He appears later on camera, but that's his voice you hear. And um, I just thought the setup just was, was perfect. And she's so good in it. She's so... So chilling and ruthless with this this uh, facade of of Texasness, and she can turn on the smile. And in Texas, you know that the the football culture and the cheerleading culture are huge. Like you know, I lived in Texas for a while and was familiar with the whole football thing. I mean, it's intense and then the whole cheerleading thing. And it's a, it's a wild story.
1: And, and Bridget, do you, you think you might have seen this in the past you mentioned?
0: Um, well, I before I say anything, I would just like to say that I am very, very glad. <laughs> <laughs> sure if I had ever actually seen one and I try to watch as many of hers as I can but sometimes I just can't and so I have Bridget. to watch this one to make sure that I really under do understand what Holly
2: Hunter. You is are doing. a genius. <laughs> your solo show your solo show for Broadway. Holly Hunter, Hunter. Holly Hunter, Hunter Holly Hunter Holly <laughs> Hunter. Exactly.
1: That's it right there. And everyone's going to go expecting Holly Hunters you
2: fantastic. fantastic.
0: No matter what she does, she just she just good. Um anyway, um uh no I hadn't seen it. I was having babies in 1993. I had a baby in 1993, my oldest son.
1: And um That's a long labor.
0: Um yes <laughs> though. today were you know kind of at the end of where your life is your own um and so i have always wanted to see this one so i saved it and watched it on a saturday night like as you know my movie that i watched that night so it was it was really funny like i said I, i i really do like holly hunter quite a bit
1: well she's fantastic she's from georgia right and this movie gives her a chance to just go full draw like
2: Oh my Sometimes
1: God. I don't even know what she's saying, but I understand what she means.
2: Yeah, totally.
0: She's so good. And it's all in this tiny package of a person. Like there's scenes where she's walking away and you kind of go, oh, she's so little. <laughs> Just, I know, yes. the car door. <laughs> the car door goes like <laughs> over <our> her head. <laughs> I'm Wagoneer, by the way. Very classic. Yeah. Uh, Jeep Wagoneer, really nice. Can I, have I, would both? That. I would would. Would you rather have the Carmen Ghia or the Jeep Wagoneer?
2: Carmen Ghia. Carmen Ghia.
0: Yeah, me too. I think it's probably safer, even though they're both death traps. But anyway, I digress.
2: Well, I love Beau Bridges, too. He can do no wrong in my book. And um, the scenes when they're in the car discussing it feels pretty unscripted. Like, I think they yeah. run a little, a little long. They kind of rehash the same material. But the energy behind it is so uh, you know, genuine or authentic, and, um, and, and, I don't know if they memorized all that. It felt kind of non-scripted. I think it was from the tape.
0: Oh,
1: of course. Interesting. Derp. I didn't know that. Um, I do know that in the actual, like, in the, the proceedings, they talk about that change from him actually, like, wearing a wire and doing the conversation to being much shorter, um, it's like a day where in the movie, it feels like many days. Um, so I don't know if that's the case. They might have been trying to work that in because they do have a lot of neat tricks where they'll use like TV footage of uh, people interviewing either Wanda or other people yeah. from the case. And they'll cut to, instead of cutting to the real Wanda Holloway, they'll cut to um, uh, Holly Hunter doing her thing and, and they'll use the same video effect. And it's really, it's great. Uh, and it Okay. Looks- so
0: I have a question about that, yeah. that, how does that go into time then? How does that, not that, that this movie needs to be, you know, seen for all time, but like, I didn't know that. And so it and so in some ways, does that, does that still work then? Like they're cutting this in. Well, I, I didn't notice it or know that. Does that matter? Or could you have written it better to further right. your story or make funnier jokes or, oh, what?
1: that's a good yeah. question. I mean, I think. Well, cause when I was watching this, the thing that did pop into my head was I, Tanya, not because they're the same, but because it's trying to do, I think a similar thing, make a dark right. comedy out of a real true crime event where they're like, well, nobody died, so we can do this. Um, and it's sort of, it's sort of where, where that one is based off of very loosely like Tonya Harding's like memoir. Uh, this felt like it was based, and it says it is, it's based off like the court transcripts and, and interviews and things. And I do feel like that's the difference, right? We get these two different movies, one that has a lot more freedom with presentation because it doesn't try and stick. And this one felt like it did try and stick. Like I actually felt like I was being informed as I was watching this. Wow,
2: right, um, right.
1: And, and that's why I went and if, I, if it didn't work, I wouldn't have bothered to, to scour the net for Wikipedia and, <laughs> um, you know, and, and, and read through this. And, it's, um, and I don't know if it's more effective. I'm a history buff, so I kind of liked it. But I do think that, as, as, as you said, Mary Jo, it does have some extra space. There's some extra time where like, I get it. Like there was a, a little bit of a long time between when he actually starts getting tapes on her and they actually go to arrest her. And while I figured that's probably realistic, right, they're trying to build up enough evidence. Um, I'm like, we as the audience know. Um, and right. if it wasn't for their acting chops, it would have been painful actually probably to have those extra 15 minutes.
2: Right, I think that's a really good point. And as I was listening to Bridget, I was trying to figure out, is it because I'm so enamored with Holly Hunter, Hunter that she just carries this? And so I was able, I just kind of overlooked like the framing device or the gaps in it. I'm, I'm just thinking about that. Right,
0: is it better to just write a movie script or is it important that you use this
2: stuff? I, I don't know. But, but I think, Maybe that's what I liked about it is playing around with the format because mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. you be experimenting with it. Mm-hmm. I thought the casting across the board was so good. Like mm-hmm. the
0: daughter was just so extremely regular oh, totally. that it really works instead of, I think a Hollywood casting of like, let's make sure, you know, so we get the teens in on this. She's some cute little thing. And not that she wasn't a fine, no, but, person, she, but she was totally. very regular.
2: Yes. Totally. And I think
0: that was important, that this is and, all about this regular girl who just really kind of didn't even care after a while.
2: Right, with this overpowering mother and then the mom of the other cheerleader, They, I think they play her really nicely because they're really economical in the way that um, she's got a good heart and a good soul, but it's not that over-the-top, you know, uh, uh, fried green tomatoes, heart of gold way. Good versus evil. Right. She's just very simple and, and they don't use her. They use her. Well, it's not over the top.
1: And, and then you're talking about um, the character uh, of, uh, in the other mom, right, is, uh, uh Verna Heath. Uh, and she's yes. played by Elizabeth <laughs> Ruscio, 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 R-U-S-C-I-O. I'm looking to you, Mary Jo. Ruscio,
2: I think Ruscio. Ruscio.
1: Uh, She, who does a great job, they do an interesting thing with her too and kind of with everyone in this movie where I sort of feel like, of course, no one else is being accused of trying to uh, solicit a murder, but they all have these little bits of things, which we probably all do if we were to watch tapes of ourselves, where we're like, ooh, that's not the best light, right? Like the way this film, one of the last scenes is um, Verna Heath sitting in the stands alone in a a darkened uh, football arena telling her daughter to do the routine the again the cheerleading routine again and at first the band is there practicing too and then the band turn is stops the lights go off and you hear her go from the top or again from the start and you're like man that is and then it just made me rewind to when she's talking her the mom is talking about holly hunter's character she's like she's all about the promotion and and that's that's why basically why her kid isn't going to succeed and that's why I push you about the skill, We're all about the skill, so You have the skill right. succeed. And I'm like, Ooh, maybe we, we should push committed? our kids across <laughs> like to that extent across the way. Cause then it started to call back, you know, man, we don't get a lot of her, but they just, they don't let anybody off the hook, which is kind of a nice, yeah. you know, it also means they don't drop anything. That's right? a good way when, to put they're it. Right. they are constantly checking back with characters and giving us these little bits, um, Bo Bridges, as you said, I didn't really my experience with Bo Bridges was knowing that knowing his brother and watching him as the dad in the wizard, which is not a great representation probably of his skill. And in this, I was kind of blown away um, because he, he plays this good old boy, right? Who's trying to get his life on track on paper. Uh, and then he goes home and he yells at his wife who has a mental illness. Oh yeah,
2: that was tough to watch. And It's, yeah. it's
1: hard to watch. And mm-hmm. I have to say, you're talking about the Southern the Texas thing. My Part of my family is in Mississippi, Alabama, and the mannerisms had me like pressed into the couch. Like when in the beginning, it's one of the early scenes, Holly Hunter's calling her ex husband's character to get him to pay for um, like rulers with the daughter's name on yeah, it. So yeah. she'll get nominated <laughs> yeah. so they can give away. And like, oh, which she's I thought was brilliant, she's on the phone with him and she snaps her fingers down low with the big acrylic nails down low to get the daughter to come over. So she's going to use her on the phone. And I'm like, I, I jumped off the couch a little bit. Cause that's, I'm like, oh my God. Like, do I have to, where am I going? Who's calling me? Like what's happening? I'm like, oh no, 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 it's the movie. I can relax. Yeah. Like it was, no, that, it was gr- that totally. Incredible.
0: Yeah, that I think that's what's great about it—that slice of life because that is what what happens when you're uh, with your in a situation like that. You're got to the kids coming home, the husband's there, the ex-husband's on the phone. She's got a she's got scheming to do. You know, it's just all happening at the same time. Click, click, click. Let's. Yeah, Yeah, and I think what uh, I was just going to ask you, um, um, you about Bo Bridges because I know that you do like him. I love him.
2: I thought he was this. great. Explain he's great show. in um he's great in Norma Ray. Like he's so touching in Norma Ray. And um what's the other one? The fabulous Baker boys, he's yeah. terrific oh. in. And in Norma Ray, he's you know, the, the same kind
0: of character in a way. From a uh well, I don't know if it's the same kind of character, but
2: yeah, he in, in Norma Ray, he just feels more well-meaning and not really understanding Norma Ray's right. quest, you know, right. but still really earnest and supportive. And he's, in he's this.
0: When she's, she's it's his, She's the husband, right? Or he's the husband? Yeah. When she just goes, you want the dishes clean here? And she, she squirts him in the sink and she's walking around the kitchen.
2: Right? I've forgotten
0: that. <laughs> you have such a much better memory than I do. Yes. Oh, I don't. But that's them, right? That's that yeah. dynamic. So, yeah, same kind of like things aren't going well, but yeah, all right.
1: Well, and he's Sorry. sort of, well, nope. yeah, I, think, I think what you raise is a good point. He's perfect kind of as a foil to um, maybe not so much in intent or character because they both have like this undercurrent of greed and like needing a little more. Um, but he, he plays a really good opposition to Holly Hunter's character because they both can carry a monologue um in this mm-hmm. in, in these characters and like Bo bridges has a couple especially when we first see him he's on like the uh it's not an oil rig but it's a refinery or something um and he's talking to his friend who's his uh his partner in christ i think he says or, or he's his co- christ coach or whatever he says yeah yeah like that you know to like help get his life on track and he's got a list of things written down and he's going over them with them and you're like oh this sweet kind of bumbling man and then you see this other side of him with his wife played by um uh, Susie Susie Kurtz Kurtz. yes and and she's phenomenal in this um at first I was like why did they cast her because this is such a small role and then it does have a little bit more meat to it as it goes on because she ends up doing the sort of you know um uh the Nixon White House reveal you know she's like (laughs) no this isn't it um this isn't the truth and uh and it's it's sort of I don't know they I guess a story like this where you have such problematic characters and faulty um, antagonists and protagonists. One of the things that has to happen for it to work is, uh, to keep us interested, is you sort of have to like them in certain ways. And I found that even though Holly Hunter's, you know, portrayal of Wanda Holloway is chilling, as you said, especially when she hears something she doesn't like, the first reaction isn't usually to snap, it's to stare. And that was, that was chilling. Uh, And then she comes back with something. And, I'm um, doing it right now, Nate. Y- you are, I, I'm, trying not to, I'm trying to block <laughs> you behind my microphone because I can't handle the, the scrutiny. Um, but yeah, she does it and uh, it's it's just, I but I also found her very charismatic. Like, I'm like, oh, this is the kind of woman that if I saw her every other day at, at Target or whatever, yeah she would i'd be like that's a funny lady you know what i mean like this
0: this. oh she, yeah she she murdered the person but we want her on our committee next year
1: <laughs> exactly <laughs> totally. like 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 i want i want her behind me for cheerleader because the length she'll go to yeah um, because
2: there's something compelling about that sort of um that that vortex of power. Like it's just like, uh-huh. oh, okay. You seem to know what you're doing. It, uh, you know, I'm blind into all your machinations, but oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. and in their economy,
0: uh, Of she's right. If she gets this, then she'll get that. Then right. she has a chance at this. Yes. So why, you know, yes, without well, minus she's, the she's murder.
1: Right, isn't she? Like, yeah,
0: it, yeah, minus that, the murder. Why is it any different than, sorry, that was my phone. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Um. Why is it any different than if you take um, crew, uh, you can get to this school, which will get you into Harvard? Why is it any different?
1: Right, right, and especially right. like you said in Texas. I know in Mississippi, it is a huge thing. There's been, I mean, there's been more scandals than than you could do TV movies about.
2: <laughs> oh <laughs> man, and
1: with the, the football team, things like that. You know, it's just such a it's it's a similar type of thing, right? Who's where? Where are you going to go after? Um, you know, wow, and, right? And, and, and it's nuts and. It's, I didn't grow up in that because I went to not very good schools. So it was like, I guess in a way I was blessed because we all came out the same. Um, <laughs> right. And, and you know, I but didn't have that opportunity.
0: Story. It's yeah, the br- same story as the, the full house lady, uh, Aunt Becky, trying to get yeah. her daughters into uh, USC. It's the same scheming. And exactly. I mean, and, and I'm kind of, and that, and that
1: blew my mind because I'm like, at least back in 1993, we thought that a good degree might get you somewhere. And at that point, I was like, you paid how much money to have her get a degree in this economy? Why
0: don't you just give her the money? For God's sakes. I think she asked for the money, the kid yeah. did. Like, just
1: oh let me gosh. be the
2: blogger. I'm like, well, well and like, also, the IQ test. Like, like the Holly Hunter, that family was kind of using its limited means. Like she was trying to, To work with the situation they were in, you know the um, Lori, whatever her name is, you're already super privileged. I know. Come on.
1: Right. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, it just and it it all comes back to Full House. We mentioned it last (laughs) last half of the show.
2: All Uh, things do. All things (laughs) come come back to Full House. house.
1: Uh, I also think it's interesting that we also kind of at the beginning. Once uh, she's told Bo Bridge's character, Terry, that she wants him to find a hitman, Um, Mm -hmm. everyone, his friends and his his brother, her ex-wife, or her ex-husband rather, is saying like, you got to go to the cops because now you've told me it's going to be a problem. If something happens, you're in trouble. And which is very, very valid. Um, We have this insane comedy of errors where he tries to go to the police and they're like, hey, it's New Year's Eve. We're not doing this stuff right now. He's like, you mean attempted murder? We're not doing that. He's like, yeah. Like that whole insane, we also have uh, right. Andy Richter in his very first role, yeah. I think, um, yeah. as, as one of the, the, the police officers or sheriff's deputies. But then he finally gets to where they're like, yeah, okay, well, let's talk about it. Okay, get her on the phone. Oh, well, she does sound like this could be legitimate. We gotta get you wired and get you to a meeting to, to record her. All of that, I understood his character But then the more it goes on there there does that that greed i mentioned comes up right it becomes a little unseemly like is she asking him absolutely is that wrong pretty sure that no matter what uh religious spectrum you fall on that's probably not probably not gonna get you anywhere nice and uh but it starts to feel like they are pushing her right like you do get a little bit of um of her being led Willingly, but being led down this. If he had said, This isn't going to happen, we're done, I'm leaving now, it feels like it might have just ended there. We don't know.
0: Oh, I see what you're saying. If he had taken leadership in exactly a sense, like at a certain and point, he's he willing wants, to be dissuaded.
1: Yeah, at a certain point, he wants to keep this going because he's thinking ahead of the curve, right? His brother's going to okay. get the kids. Like, we kind of agree with her eventual lawyer's arguments, um, mm-hmm. some of them. And, uh, and, and I think it's just, it's a really interesting thing because you're, she's definitely in the wrong who in there, nobody in their right mind, I would argue, would even think about killing a rival cheerleaders, you know, mother and the cheerleader for this kind of thing. But, you know, she gets in a situation where it just, she's allowed to continue on this path where if something had reined her in, you know, which is an interesting thing because and you also then can bring in the whole uh gender identity re- argument with this right well if she was a guy what would this like maybe he wouldn't have gone to kill someone but he would have done something else to get them the next step up and would he have gotten in trouble if he well, had, you know yeah. threatened or had a fist fight versus had to hire someone to kill it's like you get in this whole thing we're like hmm how much does her situation, their 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 income, where they live, the family drive her eventual behavior versus how much is it just you know her Lady Macbeth you know uh, yeah kind of kind of syndrome for needing that kind of power I, I don't know I think
0: she's Lady Macbeth I think I think she <laughs> that, that person now, right? no matter who she was married to if she were married to the the uh, guy mm-hmm. in the Aunt Becky case, they would have been doing the exact thing that Aunt Becky did to get her kid into US. the one
1: argument I would I would pose against, and not an argument, but the, the piece of evidence that I found when I was running over my head that maybe be counter is, she doesn't do this for her son, she's only doing this for her daughter. So what about the fact that it's her daughter, and we can assume yeah. transference to her. Is, is causing this because she is not helpful or nice to the son at all. She tells him to shut up constantly. And he's mm-hmm. basically, I saying, at first you're like, well, he wants a truck. I mean, every kid wants something. I wanted things. I usually got them because I was spoiled, but um, you know, he just wants a truck. And then you find out, he's like, I, I want a truck so I can go to college. I need to know how I'm going to get to school right. every day. And you're like, oh, that's a valid conversation to have. And she's like, get out. I want to hear this right now.
0: Right, Okay. Yeah. so I have a yeah. question on that. Oh, I'm sorry, Mary Jo, were you going to say something? No, 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 I'm just listening. Um, So some of it is from transcripts or whatever, but like, we don't know about that Uh stuff. That stuff's just made up. And the same with the, uh, the cops. So really, everyone's a bumbling dumb shit because they're from Texas. Part of that, I was like, somebody's on the ball. They catch criminals in Texas all the time. You know they could so, just be that, that there's so many
1: of them and they're not very smart. I'm just kidding, Texas. We have fantastic listeners in Texas. You Regent's know what I mean. Opinion does not reflect my opinion on Texans.
0: Right, but I I think about that a lot. Like why why are there yeah. why always be why do they always have to be depicted that way? Some people are on the ball. There's as I said everywhere.
2: Well, I think it's that whole thing of and I I'm at a loss to cite other instances, but that whole Southern. Um, modern gothic or old gothic uh, of these these wild stories that they they capitalize on and mm-hmm. and so they fit in these people i don't even know what i'm saying but but i was wondering that too like what is it about that that southern sensibility and uh, capitalizing on the whole over the top flannery o'connor idea right, of these right. wild characters and you're right we don't know the the script doesn't really give us a backstory for Wanda Holloway. Right. I think mm-hmm. I think Holly Hunter is great, but there's no really script information about what drives her to do this. Right, right, right. Another That's film I mean. might have
1: given her a backstory with her father. You know, he was abusive, and he or he had affairs all the time, and so she's insecure, and so that we don't know. And that definitely or, could have been done.
2: Or, yeah, or my chances were thwarted, so, I mean, she's a stage mother, and, and you're right, I don't know why it's, you know, a right. daughter, but there's that whole realm of, like, mothers and daughters and stage mothers, but,
1: yeah. It's like, it's believable, and I'd watch a whole miniseries on it. Oh, you yeah. Know, like, ab- yeah. I would eat it up. Um, yeah,
0: the sin and the sin and all our, in all of our hearts, all of us, die, there's not a person on Earth that, that isn't have an inclination to get what they want in any way they can and that is right right there's, there's yeah. no getting away from that i'm gonna live it. vicariously
1: in a way that i'm not gonna go to jail right i'm gonna watch right. this <laughs> and yeah. And, <laughs> right.
0: yeah
1: how do people do it i'm gonna watch <laughs> right well oh, and there's that the, the one scene that honestly was creepy uh and and i mean i watched some insanely bizarre films and things that have made me feel very uncomfortable in real life and otherwise but this this the scene where um her it's it's holly hunter laying on a couch in, in the evening in the living room her daughter's at the far end and then in front of the tv sitting is her friend or her son and her son's friend who's played by a very young giovanni ravisi giovanni yeah, I mean. Ribisi. um and I, i'm extra careful because mary joe is here she's gonna get me um and uh and she's like and he's like, you know who I want to kill? And they have this ugly conversation that I'm sure has <laughs> happened where he's like, he's like, so-and-so. And like, she's a slut. And she's like, no, she's not a slut. She's a toy That's why essentially I want to take her brakes and have her crash her car and die. And you're like, that's an ugly conversation. I'm sure it's happened. It's ugly though. And then that's when Holly Hunter's character tunes in and says, you know who I'd want to kill? And she names the other mother. And she goes, how would you do it? And she asks the friend who was instantly concerned and, and, like, put and like alarmed. And her son is like, oh, I'd, like, put an explosion in a baton, and she's like, that's not realistic, what would you do? And you're just like, oh, this is a weird, like, it just took that 180, and that's, of course, when they they insinuate that she got the idea uh, to have, you know, uh, her her rivals killed. But that scene really was chilling, because that's such an inhuman, calculating, robotic, um, you know, turn of of fate, right, Or, 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 Mach- machination in her head like it's like yeah. this is a problem this can get rid of the problem
2: and yeah. you're employing a, a teenager young teenagers that. who are but really
1: who better to employ than a young teenager <laughs>
2: well who, who are having sort of this cartoony fantasy about mm-hmm. yeah and then i put you know dynamite in their shoes and blah, and it does make that huge that, yeah. that chilling turn
1: it was it was like yeah it, it's just it was it was a complete blasphemy of what parenthood should be in the perfect <laughs> sense, right? Like right. like like um she's they're kind of playful. Hey, my mom doesn't care if you swear. Oh really? Uh, I and mean, then it's like uh, we're plotting a murder here. I think swearing goes on the back burner. Like we're just going to jump the next thirty hurdles to get to that.
2: Um, one. Mom, Mrs. Johnson said some really weird things when I was over watching TV.
1: <laughs> were you talking about killing a classmate? Maybe <laughs> you know like. So that, that was a chilling scene. Um,
0: we're, I so would have many, killed. A, I would have killed that woman for driving that Mercury Grand Marquis. <laughs> <laughs> Unexcusable. Um, so
1: let, let's talk about the actual. So at the end of the movie, it ends. Um, I mean, this movie came out in '93. This all happened in the '90s. So like, there's, or, or I think it was the '90s, late '80s, somewhere in there. So this is relatively recent. Um, a year before, uh, I think it was ABC. Uh, but don't quote me on that, put out another film um, about this same thing. There's been several.
0: Oh, right. With like, was it Lindsay Wagner or something? Or <laughs> it's,
1: it's called, it's, it's like a much more, um, I mean, I think you could argue this film is exploitative, especially when you're talking about the Southern culture. But yeah, it's a much more exploitative one. It's, uh, it's uh, Leslie Ann Warren. Isn't oh, okay. It? There's, there's a lot. There's a lot of them. I think this is probably the next biggest one, though. Uh, and it was another TV movie. Came at the airport called "Willing to Kill," the Texas cheerleader Oh story. boy, yeah. Um, and I love the poster they got for it. It has, yeah, oh yeah. I'm gonna probably watch it <laughs> after this. Um, it's, it's got like handcuffs and like kill is like in ragged letters, uh, and you know, it's just such a it t- like i think i think you mentioned it, Radio, it touches something primal in us that we want to watch this kind of um exploitation of people's internal work because it reveals the things that are in us that we don't uh let show in light very often hopefully unless See we more. are some sort of mad no, serial no, go killer.
2: away go away sorry Doggy. my
1: dog is <laughs> it's okay my, my cat pounds at the door but luckily you can't hear her on her little padded paws um
0: Mike has been relatively quiet, so I don't have.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Mike's not patting on the door with his hands. Um, I think that after this movie wraps, there's this, um, a couple of blocks of text. Like uh, we know that the first case, uh, she was sentenced to 15 years, but then it was thrown out because one of the jury members actually was a felon, um, which is a crazy thing. And then we get an appeal. And um that's where the movie ends. And they also give us this weird other information, like there was a tornado in like 1995 or whatever in this community. And uh Holloway's house wasn't touched at all, but Vern's house lost the trampoline. And I'm like, and it just oh, yes, gives this sort of color because that is the kind of thing that would be in this movie, and it would be accurate to paint what they want us to see, these characters. They also mention that uh later on uh wanda's wanders wanda the actual person also veered near her rival's house and hit a halloween trick-or-treater and threw her onto the lawn oh
2: yeah and she was dressed
1: as the prom queen and i was trying to figure out like is this just color or is this like some sort of implication she's like um prom queen my ass like no one's gonna be prom queen but my daughter like i didn't get it (laughs) i wasn't sure
2: well it felt very very cohen brothers where they they throw in things um either on you know on the screen and you're not sure if they're i'm sure these facts were true and just thrown in there to um to underscore the bizarreness of it but it Mm -hmm. felt it sort of had that feel to it
0: right I mean, and then, you know, there was the whole thing of everyone getting paid and getting their, you know, the whole yeah. media thing. Selling I, their I, rights. Yeah, right. And all that. But still, um, ah, just having people put uh, your in, in, inclinations into uh, on screen and words in your mouth and thoughts in your head. Oh, it's, well, it's not that. Yeah, it's a funny movie, but part of me is like, oh, it's not sure. already
1: bad enough. And, and no, yeah, And no one comes out looking that great. Right. Like maybe, maybe the, maybe um, her victim's daughter looks kind of sweet. Like, she's like, I feel bad for like them for this situation. And then that's kind of it. Right. Like, that's the only we really see of her. She's like, Oh, it's the simple sweet girl. I'm not even sure it's really want something you'd like. Um, But because in the end, we get like all of this all of these bits, like everyone who is, even Wanda sometimes watches the TV coverage and when they're not making fun of her, she seems kind of pleased sometimes. And her daughter is portrayed as like happily scrapbooking like her mom's mugshot in the paper and like being at school talking about all this stuff and being like, I'm the popular one now because my mom tried to kill people. (laughs) It's just, it's, and then (laughs) the mother who she- she For my kids. Yeah, it's just, it's like, oh, this is, this is ugly. And that's kind of what we're left with. Like you said, it's funny, and we're like, "Ha ha!" ha but we're also like, "Ooh, like that's just—it's also mm-hmm. kind of gruesome."
0: Yeah, like I think she says, "I won't you—you do anything for your kids," like. Mm-hmm.
1: And I guess that was the tagline of this yeah. particular uh, movie. And one more thing, I just want to throw out there. So the director is uh, Michael Michael Ritchie. Uh, he did The Golden Child uh, with Eddie Murphy, and uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, he directed Fletch. Um, yeah. Ugh. I know, I know. I was kind of surprised, to be honest, because, and he directed a, a horror movie in 1980 called The Island, um, Well, which while I enjoyed in some level, I'm not gonna say it's a good movie, whereas I would qualify this kind of wholeheartedly as a good film. Like it made me yeah, think. He
0: also did one called Smile about beauty pageants.
1: He did, and that was before this one. Which So I think yep. that's where this came from, is they were like, oh, you did Smile.
0: Yeah, it feels movie. like that.
1: Um, And whereas the rest of what he did later, I'm sure, there's some great stuff in there, but I mean he cops and Robertson's like it's just it seems like sort of entry-level comedy stuff that he did after, which is a shame. Um not that I wanted to degrade his entire career, but one thing he also did, he wrote all yeah, the lyrics. I haven't gotten
0: to do, <laughs> <laughs> gotten to to do any <laughs> well entry-level comedy. He,
1: I me neither. I mean, I I have I have a reel of uh of my own tapes, but no one wants to watch them. Um he also wrote the lyrics to all of the music in this movie. Um, This movie has like very Loretta Lynn um, country, and he wrote all that. And I think that that it's used very effectively throughout the film. And this might be the only case I've seen where a director has done that. Um, Mm.
0: Uh, Michael Myers wrote those poem songs in the last movie. I beg to differ,
1: (laughs) sir. Oh, man, whoa, man. I just want to know how he would actually write, whoa, whoa, man. Like, how is that? phonetically spelled on the page, like when its collection comes out. Well, we're reaching the end of this this segment and this episode. uh, And I wanna ask you guys once again, who would you recommend this to and why? Mary Jo Peel, let's start with you.
2: I think I might recommend it to um, aspiring filmmakers because of the narrative structure. I'm I'm not in, uh, you know, you can find your flaws in it. but I, I thought it was really interesting how they did it.
1: That's a, that's a great. And I think you guys are very into education. I'm super stoked about this. Um, I think that my take would be similar, except I would say even more so to aspiring actors, because I think the characterizations that Holly Hunter and Bo Bridges and even some of the secondary characters give, is very strong and I imagine that many of those are choices they made rather than written, stuff written in the script, especially with Holly Hunter with so many of her her pacing and her facial expressions and the way she looks at people. um, It just screams manipulation. Like we've all, she looks at the, towards the camera. I've seen people look at me that way and I start to recognize things that I'm, oh, that's, that's uncomfortable to me because I realize now that maybe I haven't been, you know, treated truthfully or whatever the case might be. Sure. Bridget. We're up to you who would you recommend this movie to and why
0: i guess just anyone that likes holly hunter totally
1: <laughs> you watch those saving grace reruns one more time you just can't do it so here comes the positively true adventures of the alleged texas cheerleader killing mom oh cheerleader murdering mom damn it i, I like good it in the last 20 years
0: sure. we all do <laughs>
1: <laughs> well i want to once again thank you guys so much mary Peel, bridget nelson thank you guys so much for being on Cult and Classic Podcast. Is there Thanks, anything, Nate. Is there anything you guys want to plug uh, to our listenership? Because they're, like me, they're fans. Otherwise, I unfollow them.
0: I am in the next Mike Myers movie, <laughs> and
1: I
3: would like
0: everyone <laughs> to watch it. No, um, we have, um, right now, our, like you brought it up before, right, MJ? Um, whatever happened to Baby Jane? Baby Jane. Yes. Classic. It's on uh, Rift Tracks right now. You can buy it right now. It It is
1: super worth it. Super worth it. It's essentially uh, Walking Phoenix's Joker prequel. Um, I think that you're going to love uh, Vanessa Redgrave having the only British accent in the family. It's super great. Um, No, it really is really funny. And it's also kind of an interesting movie to watch. So I would would definitely check it out. It is. It's
2: fun for Lynn Redgrave. Like, I think she acquits herself nicely. And don't miss Bridget in her salute to Holly Hunter. Touring (laughs) nationally.
1: Holly Hunter, Holly Hunter, Holly Hunter. Holly
2: Hunter. Holly, Holly, Holly.
1: (laughs) Holly, Holly, Holly. Thank you guys so much. And to play us out, as always, we have The Chud with All About Evil. I want to let you guys know, as always, that clips are used for review purposes only and are the copyright property of those who own them. Thank you so much. Join Thanks, us. Thanks, at-
3: Nate.
1: Ah, of course, I am Nate Wyckoff. As uh, I leave you every week, please join our Patreon at patreon.com slash Thank you so much.